0: This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace, the best, fastest, easiest to use way to create your own professional website, blog, portfolio, or online store. If you go to squarespace.com and use the promo code THUMBS at checkout, you will get 10% off your first order. You can sign up without a credit card. It is very easy to use. And if you get a year, if you sign up for a year, you get a free domain name as well. That's squarespace.com and the offer code THUMBS at checkout. It's May 4th, 2016. This is Idle Thumbs 261. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. It's off to an ominous start, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's
1: been an ominous morning, Chris. Has it? I had a weird dream last night. Oh yeah, where I was a spaceman flying okay. in space. I was like a NASA astronaut.
0: Uh huh. And then you were just in space. You weren't in a spacecraft of some kind.
1: N- no, I was. I well, I was in a space shuttle. Okay. I think. Uh, but it was very roomy. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> it's like a, one of the nice the, ones. Yeah, one of the one of the plush like, right. You know, Google bus. Were you alone, or were there other crew members? There were two other crew members. Okay. It was actually fairly realistic. Oh, um. Yeah. And uh, I remember, like, we were doing science, and then we came down, like you did, and yeah, and, and we were, you know, uh, breaking through the atmosphere, and then we landed.
0: Oh man, you were returning to Earth or you oh yeah, another planet?
1: Well, okay. no, no, returning to Earth. Returning okay. to Earth. It was like a very realistic like mission. Yeah. And then we got to Earth, and whatever, like so my this dream doesn't even
0: take place in space. Well, I mean, this there was a some dream about space being stuff. On Earth. And there okay. was some stuff. Right, you're skipping the space stuff. I think, I think, I think we went was, to
2: the moon. I think he was probably technically in space for quite a while, even though it was kind of the upper atmosphere. It's right. ambiguous. Okay, yeah. fair enough.
1: I think we did, we did go to the moon, but my dream didn't cover that portion.
2: Right. <laughs> that was uh, lore. That was, yeah, dream yeah, lore. That, was, that was a backstory of the dream. You uncovered it with audio
1: logs. Right, right. Uh, but I did, <laughs> actually. I did, actually. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got to Earth, and I'm on Earth, and then the dream just, like, skipped forward. I probably woke up and then, like, continued making this dream, and then... Um... <laughs> People were just berating me and my team for doing a <laughs> shitty job. Like, they of were, they were <laughs> like, your dream. like and I remember, your dream I remember having to space. like, like, so was like, you didn't do it right. And I was like, no, look at these pictures. We're on the moon. Like, look at, the, I, here's my footprint, here's the science machines, here's all the stuff we did. Like, and they were like, I don't know, I can't really tell for this photo, like, what you did. There's not a lot of evidence that I'm like, no,
0: there, well, there's this like, is, all this stuff will like, did all the things. This is actually but, like, now an intensely real. Realistic dream. Yeah, yeah no, it a dream was what it's like to be Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I went there. I was on the moon. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, think you're full of shit. God, yeah, sure
2: he... you were. Ask your good friend Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> 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 did you ever see the video of him punching
1: out the guy that like is a moon? Oh, a yeah. moon conspiracy. Oh my god, we've that talked about that. Have we? Okay, podcast. all right. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. So
0: good, man. What if Trump becomes president and Trump becomes the first sitting U.S. president to accuse a? buzz aldrin of not going to the moon because that just seems like the kind of thing trump would trump would for no reason. there will be a coup
2: trump sends (laughs) buzz aldrin back to the moon to fucking prove
0: it (laughs) you know what i know who i like i like people who don't fake moon landings it's just a thing it's a fight he's gonna pick for no reason at all yeah that's fine
1: I will rally behind Buzz Aldrin on the way to the White House. That's that's that would be that would be yeah. a totally fine way to protest President Trump. Yeah. With Buzz Aldrin at the head of it. So what happened what how did this end? Oh that was
0: it. It
2: was just you know and it was. Your just,
0: dream just ended with it was angry, probably crowds Probably the,
2: the courier enthusiasm theme song. I don't know. Just God, like, wait, we have to back up to the to to the Buzz Aldrin thing because we could live in a world where Buzz Aldrin punches President Trump <laughs> and then becomes president. That's the thing. I think it would be enough, right?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> what wakes America up from its national nightmare? Yeah astronaut buzz aldrin punching trump in the face (laughs) like oh jesus what have we (laughs) been and then next this is like that dream i had
1: yeah secret service agent just slowly backs away turns his head it's like that scene in gladiator everybody
0: puts their weapons down (laughs) just like, nope this is happening now (laughs) (laughs) jesus well also because it's a dream of yours surely some like further catastrophe happens so you then like This is a horrible premonition that as everyone is, like, waking up (laughs) from their, like, delusional nightmare and celebrating, you realize, like, an even more terrible future awaits and you're the only one who can see it. Right. At this point. Yep. So, get ready for that. Okay. In, like, six months. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) I'm always ready for that, Chris. (laughs) (sighs) Well. Yeah. yeah.
2: This reminds me that Offworld Trading Company came out finally and none of us played it. No, <laughs> I mean you haven't. I, mean, I played it a long time ago. I have to play. I, I played to play a ton it. of it a long time ago. I know. Yeah. I, I played
0: enough
1: of it that I guess. I guess. I'll, oh, this will probably make me. I know, did. I, I play did it. play Off World Trading
0: Company after it came out.
1: I
2: forgot. Yeah. Man, uh, so my weird.
0: my experience with playing. I mean, you, ho- hopefully, in terms of people waking up from like weird illusions. <laughs> hopefully, Jake is realizing that for the last yeah, decade he's, he's actually played tons of <laughs> video games <laughs> and he just forgets.
2: Week no, after okay. Week after so week. it was. Probably a year ago or more that it was over a year ago that Offworld Trading Company first started showing up as a playable game for backers. It's a like I don't know how much we want to get back into what Offworld Trading Company yeah, is. Just recap it. It's uh, it's a game may, uh, led by Soren Johnson, who was the lead designer on Civilization Four. It's a real-time strategy esque game on Mars, but it's very economic focused. So you play as Uh, one of many corporations on Mars who is trying to survive there while also mining its resources for profit. So, uh, you win the game by doing well enough that you can buy out all the other people and basically have a Mars monopoly and ship stuff off world for huge amounts of money. It's really good. Um, at least the version that I played for a long time, which was the early release. And it was, it was good enough that I kind of deliberately stopped playing and waited, waited for it to come out. Like, I was expecting it to be hours and hours of campaign like civilization or something, but it actually plays like a board game in like 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, it has the complexity of an actual real-time strategy game with the resource management and types of units you build and ways that build trees unfold over time and stuff. So Offworld Trading Company uh, finally showed up on Steam as a real thing this week, and uh, Ollie and I decided we were going to play multiplayer because we both played the alpha. So like three days in advance, we're like, Sunday at this time, we're doing it. We're playing a co-op game of Offworld Trading Company. And then we just... (laughs) <laughs> downloaded the game opened it and it was just like the market is open the black market for things like just like immediately the <laughs> like, even the easy grade ai just like stacked <laughs> up to having a million things and we were just like ah oh no and uh i so i played a solid 20 seconds of off trading company or something okay. it was it was probably five minutes it was enough to remember that i had no fucking clue how any of it worked anymore so i need to go back and play the tutorial but okay. um <laughs> so that's all that's all that i have wait is, so
0: did, was that experience why you ended up playing TF2 this weekend? Did you play yes. this?
2: <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I do know how <laughs> this game works, but this game. Well, Ollie and I were like, we we both played, uh, or I played a bunch of the early uh, off-world trading company. I had played some co-op with Steve <clears> Gaynor <throat> at that time and really, really liked it. So, and, but that had been after like playing two or three solid days of right, the, like right. of playing so, yeah. against AI and I had yeah. gotten really into it. Um, That game did not stick with me at all, but uh. Yeah, it looks really nice now. Anyway, it? it looks, yeah, all the stuff that I was hoping would show up has shown up, like the really That's nice, good. when you build new units, they have really elaborate,
0: really oh, nice, nice looking good. build
2: animations, and just, there's a whole bunch of polish, it's good. But yeah, uh, I gave up immediately, a- and,
1: uh, and played TF2. That is an example <laughs> of a game where I can understand, like, that is my version of Chris's anxiety over, like, Dark Souls multiplayer and stuff like that. Like, I... Oh, yeah. Just, like, the idea of, like, I only play Offworld Trading Company alone. And the idea of, like, it's funny you described it as co-op. Because to me, that is such a cutthroat game that I just immediately fall into that like 1v1 StarCraft mentality of just being terrified
2: of everything. Well, and, like, you can just immediately like, <laughs> oh, God. You can configure in the lobby how teams line oh, up. Oh, can you? Okay, so yeah, you guys so you were actually playing We co-op, played on the same played? team, okay, which that's right. uh, means that there's a resource-sharing yep. UI. So you can mm. play as two separate corporations that are not hostile to each other. But you can also, at least in the versions that I played months back, you can choose to like... Bond your water together so you can pull from each other's water or from each other's electricity okay. or, or whatever the whatever the specific resources are, um, and you can make all sorts of mistakes like combining all of your resources together and then realize that you're bleeding each other dry. It's there's actually yeah. some there's good stuff in the, in the way that the co-op is set up. That's but, good. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah i'm it, glad i saw that game on the top sellers list on steam and i was really happy yeah they seems, seems um like
2: doing well. soren johnson said they did a hundred thousand copies in like the first few days of it being out so they seem to awesome. they seem pretty That's happy yeah. um i will be checking it out more because i really loved that game in in its earliest incarnations and like the polish looks to be really really like at a high level at this point um yeah i guess i did play tf2 yeah <laughs> TF2 is still fun. It turns out. Yeah, I, I bag on TF2 all the time on this show for being impenetrable and weird and just totally a goofy mess. It's still basically the same. Everyone's yeah. got everyone's got stupid hats, and occasionally you get shot by a gun that, in, that turns you into a weird particle effect and plays a weird sci-fi sound effect. Probably compared
1: to games like that that have come out recently, like Overwatch, it, it's it's not even. It <clears throat> probably doesn't even touch Overwatch in terms of complexity, right? So it's wait, yeah. really? Why do you think that? I don't know, every character in Overwatch has probably, like, oh, enough oh, oh, facets oh, oh, to oh, it oh. that, like, oh, I'm a medic now. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. just so... Yeah, maybe. You
0: know, I don't know. It's hard to <laughs> say at this point. The the aesthetics
2: of Team Fortress 2, it that is actually the thing that that struck me, is not, not literally in comparison to Overwatch, because I haven't played Overwatch or really mm-hmm. looked at much of it yet, but the, like, base-level visual design of Team Fortress 2... Was so strong at the outset that I think those bones have actually kept it together. Where like mm. the design of the red base versus the blue base, and like the red team versus the blue team, and the yeah. silhouettes of all of the different classes still hold up, even though they're wearing stupid hats and guns. Like I can still always be like, that's a red demo man, that's uh, a blue heavy, and that that is not. I mean, the, it's yeah. just it's just yeah. The, the, yeah. the fact that it's still so simple at its base means mm-hmm. that.
0: That's something that it's, is is really valuable for me. I, you know, admittedly, I never put in the like dozens to hundreds of hours that it takes to become decent at Dota 2. But I went through a period where I was kind of trying to play it for a bit. And, you know, I played a lot of games, not relative to someone who's actually played a lot of Dota 2, but, you know, a decent amount of games. And I think that my just crappy deficiencies in short term memory uh, make that game always just a little bit. uh, like not incomprehensible because that's a matter of sort of time and effort but like just unreadable to me just on the like split (laughs) second moment of like fuck I have to remember yeah who which heroes are on each team you know which lords is on are on which side and and there is it's not just like red and blue and I can just look at it it's yeah I mean there's a mini map and stuff but it's there's just something about it that's a little bit tough to just parse instantly and overwatch is i guess kind of like that based on what i played but it still feels so much more graspable yep it it it's still like it's a first person shooter basically like it still feels like a first person shooter where you run around and like can shoot guys and there's something about it that you can still just kind of grasp yeah yeah
2: w- with games like that i i that i want to get into i always wish that i knew a person who could tell me like this is the baseline things you have to know this is the common denominator that makes this game easy to learn but difficult to master. Where, like, with TF2 now, I think you can look at, like, all the guns and hats and the weird glowy effects and be like, oh, my God, this is overwhelming. But if it's, like, just... If you can make yourself not look at that and just look at the colors of the map and, like, the colors and silhouettes of the guys, that's the actual part that defines everything and everything else is just, like, tiny knob turns of stats. Yeah. Whereas, like, when I look at Dota... I can't tell what things are that I should and shouldn't be paying attention to as a beginner because all I ever hear people talk about is oh they picked this lord right. which has these powers well, which I, means that this team picked this guy and it's like ah uh, okay I don't you know. I
0: I did have that because I had people showing, you know I had people like Sean and maybe to a smaller degree Nick showing like sort of explaining what the game was about and sort of introducing I that me around. to it <laughs> yeah and I, I well this is the thing I I do basically get the sort of just sure. baby level <clears throat> dynamic of that game I I do totally get it. And I played a couple of games where you know, I got some kills that were good and like I get, but but I can tell but knowing that much made it apparent to me how much more there is that I will never ever, yep. you know, like yeah. sort of it's one of those cases where you look at it and the first tier is like, this is unreadable. I could never learn. Well, now the very first tier is like, I get it. It's just two teams of five killing each other, and knocking down towels, whatever. Right. And then the second tier is like, oh my God, this is impossible. And then the third tier is like oh, okay, I get the sort of basic dynamics of this in actuality. And then that leads to like, oh, my God. And now well, I see how much more there is. Just, that yeah. I will either decide I am going to just climb that mountain or I'm giving up at the foot of it.
1: Dota depends on so many like um, just like graphical effects, like being able to parse like what yeah, that, so what that weird like that. electrical storm came from. You know what I mean? And knowing what that is. Yeah like okay i mean it's very different when you're just facing yeah, a blue guy who shoots bullets at you and it's a you know it's a rocket you know what i mean like okay like i, I can parse that but like well, part of the dota is, is like you have to instantly know like oh this yeah. is an arrow and it's coming from over here therefore it's probably coming from this guy and that that means something that i now have to do right well, like that, I, that I actually like yeah
0: there are definitely people who come into games cold with no previous experience in that game or that genre and just Either have some like weird inborn aptitude, or just have a level of patience and receptiveness, and the sort of type of learning available to them that they can persevere through it and eventually learn and become good. Um, so that, that that exists. But you know, if you people talk about K plays Dark Souls three, right? That woman who didn't know anything about Dark Souls and then started playing it on a stream and or on I don't know if it was stream or YouTube and YouTube, I guess. And then eventually became a master at that game through sort of patience and the and applying the appropriate type of learning to the game. Um, but then there's also, if you're someone like me, who's not going to ever do that because I'm just, I'm not going to devote that time. Um, there are, you know, you just have certain things that, that are legacy skills that you just have, right? Like I could imagine going into something like Overwatch or TF2 and totally finding it overwhelming and just crazy shit flying everywhere, not knowing what to make out of any of it. But, you know, I've got this grounding in, like, Dream Fortress Classic and Quake 3 and Unreal Tournament from the late 90s to early 2000s. And I feel like that still benefits me when I load up Overwatch or the Doom 3 why, or the Doom 4 multiplayer. This beta. is why
1: Rocket League was so refreshing for me. Because mm. it was, like... Just, just totally different. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this is, uh, this is a blue car and the red car. And then you push the thing and the thing. And then it just yeah. goes. And, the, you know, I mean, just very, like, stripped down. but then also Well, it's also its not directly
0: of- like any other one game or lineage of games yeah i'm sure you could draw plenty of comparisons but it's there isn't a just genre of that that, right you know yeah yeah
2: that's i mean that's why team fortress 2 and i mean the original quake world team fortress were both really refreshing at the times that they came out to me yeah because it was not literally as simple as rocket league but at least it was just like it's a multiplayer game Mm -hmm. but and it's two teams and the teams are made up of people who, each, who each have a unique skill. It's like, Ugh. do you want to be a soldier? Do you want to be a demolitions man? Yeah. Do you want to be a heavy weapons guy, a medic, or a spy or a sniper? And it's like that's the thing. The, so the thing that I think sold me on team, I guess I probably
1: started with Team Fortress Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, me too. I, I don't think I
0: missed out on the just, they're, ver-
1: they're. I mean, they're not very similar, but, but, but they just they are. like two fort, just like oh, they're two forts. You know, just like the <laughs> idea that it's just like oh, <laughs> oh it's like it. you're building like a pillow fort, and then you can put up a little thing and like defend your fort. Yeah. Like it's just such a basic like childhood concept that everybody can understand even though that map is probably not the best team fortress map it's just like oh this is like comfortable i know what i have to do yeah i don't know
0: yeah that man speaking of just of of kind of funny elemental multiplayer games this is a this is a weird dot to connect but i but it i don't know over the weekend there was a free steam weekend for a game called duck game do you guys know of this? No. This was one. Nope. Of, this is a, one of the, those games that was published by Adult Swim. You know how they've been oh, yeah. sort of dipping their toe into video game publishing in the last few years. And I guess it actually came out a while ago. I didn't realize this. I, this game must have come out one to two years ago on uh, on Windows and PS4 and and stuff. And when I saw it on Steam, I for whatever reason I thought it had just come out recently. But nope, guess not. I just missed it. Anyway, I played it. Uh, I played a bunch of rounds of it over the weekend and it is hilarious and really good and we should we should try and play it with each other uh it requires very low time commitment so it's called Duck Game and it's a four player multiplayer game local or online where you are a duck like a pixel art duck uh and i don't entirely know how to describe it it's like a party game basically um each round of multiplayer is a totally different level and the objective is always the same. The objective is always be the last duck standing and you basically die in one hit, right? Whether it's like an explosion or a bullet fired by another player or whatever. Um, you can start with weapons or you cannot start with weapons and find them in the level or whatever. And even though the objective, as far as I can, well, maybe there are different modes. I don't know. The mode I played, the objective was always just be the one who's alive and the other three ducks are dead. And even though that objective was constant in all the rounds I played, the levels are so different and s- just surprising that that actually means different things. Like sometimes you will just spawn into a very traditional arena, and ev- there's like a shotgun available for everyone, and it's just a quick shoot 'em, like just duel, basically four person duel because you die so quickly. And then the, whoever wins is the one left alive and that's it. But then sometimes the, you spawn into just a crazy like tunnel and you have to get through a crazy obstacle course. And then on the at the very end of the obstacle course is a gun. And so the the, the whole like basically 99 percent of what you're doing, in the level is a mad dash to get to a gun before the other. OK, sorry, I,
2: I missed how the like the camera and world arrangement
0: are oh i'm game? sorry i should have said that it's a it's a it's a 2d flat game where you see the entire level so
2: it's like a samurai gun or tower fall or something yeah, yeah. Okay. okay.
0: yeah it's a 2d <clears throat> sorry i really should have led with that huh i
2: was like it's a, a pic- tunnel i'm picturing like a camera with yeah, no, 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 like yeah.
0: ducks leap like sorry that was bad <laughs> so yeah it is a okay like an arena 2d side view game so it has gravity yes it has gravity. exactly yes okay uh it's like you know Smash Brothers or something, but but two, but actually two D, right? Um, and there are some levels that are like Smash Brothers levels, right? Where it's sort of basically f- just a f- bunch of platforms floating right. in a world, and you know falling off also makes you die, uh, and it's and just each it these levels are like thirty seconds to a minute each. I mean they're they're. You know, they're however long it takes for for everyone except for one player to die, but that usually happens pretty quickly. Sometimes they're quick draw things where you load up and everyone has like a railgun basically, and jumping up puts you in the line of fire, and then you get instantly sniped. And right. um it's just crazy. And there, there's a there's a uh, there are single player sort of training things that are obstacle courses and, and stuff like that, that you can go through just to introduce, just to familiarize yourself with the controls and the mechanics and the kinds of things that are in levels. Uh, but it was, but it's really fun just as a constant, you know, there's like a, a, a kind of humor that is really ephemeral, that is just being surprised by something. And and it's, you know, where it's just, you laugh because the thing you see is so out of step with what the previous thing was. And this game is just that every round. So it's like, round.
2: like a Samurai Gunner Towerfall, but with like a WarioWare type of
0: yeah, random yeah. roll to yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, you could say that, yeah. And uh, I don't know, it's fun. It's, yeah, it's called Duck Game, and it's you can get it on Steam, and I think PS4 as well. And uh, Well, the next time we're all streaming something together, we should do a warm-up Game. Yeah, just do a warm-up up a Duck, duck yeah. Game. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea, yeah. Cool. Yeah.
2: Mm. Yep. Uh, the other thing that I've played a bit of, or uh, actually, I don't know how much I've played relative to you guys at this point, but I've been playing a lot of Hyperlight Drifter because. Oh, wait, uh, I'm oh. sorry,
0: I forgot to say why I talked about that in context. Oh yeah,
2: you're just like <laughs> competitive first-person games
0: remind me of Duck Game,
2: right? Because you know because, we just took it on faith that there was that that was yeah. true.
0: I mean, maybe it isn't, but you guys were both of you were sort of talking about how the uh, the original Team Fortress or Team Fortress Classic. Um, was anti-Fortress two for that matter? Were sort of refreshing because they were so. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, I get it. It's two sides, and yeah, there's two yeah. forts, and blah. And you just do it. This game is just it's essentially like that, but just again and again and again in a slightly different way. You know, we're playing it. It's like, oh, okay. This is in part relying on my just decades of video game experience with sort of reflexes and and picking up context clues in terms of what the mechanics suggest. But also, it's just like a weird new, a weird tiny little concept every time. But just its, it's presentation time. makes what
2: you're supposed to do clear in a self-evident way? Like, is that...
0: Sort of. Sometimes you die, and then you don't realize why till after you're dead. <laughs> but it's but got that fine. just like yeah. new surprising thing each yeah. time. Yeah. You know, it's not like just playing round of deathmatch after deathmatch after deathmatch after deathmatch. You're you
1: playing know? a Valve game, but you're on the joke server. You're on the server. You're on the server that, <laughs> yeah. that has all the wacky maps. Exactly, yeah, and yeah, changes yeah. every two minutes. Yeah. So yeah. anyway,
0: that that was my only connection. So Jake, you played Hyperlight Drifter. I
2: played a lot of Hyperlight Drifter. Well, okay. I I don't know what a lot is because I honestly don't know how big this game is. I think I'm coming up on halfway through the like the part of the game that is apparent to me right now. So I but I, and I don't know how much farther in it goes. Um, but that game. I really, really like Hyperlight Drifter. I'm I'm glad that I kept playing it after you guys sort of had a muted initial response to it. Um, I'm trying to think about. Okay, so um, I have also been finding the I found the combat initially incredibly brutal and totally just uh, I was ruined by it. But mm-hmm. uh, I think Nick actually, after watching you play Dark Souls three for a while and then sitting <laughs> in on that stream. I have become a lot better at Hyperlight Drifter because I think the way That's that cool. the way that the combat of that game seems to work is very much I mean I don't know enough about how Dark Souls combat works but the aesthetics feel very similar where if you if you just go for it yeah. you're owned in in Hyperlight Drifter in a very similar way where like enemies have a health bar and if you just try to run up to them and just slash slash the shit out of them you're just going to be wrecked. Yep. So it ends up being a situation where there's these there's rooms full of enemies and what you end up doing is Swinging a sword at one, dodging out of the, dodging away from it, bringing you near another enemy, attacking it, maybe taking a couple shots, regenerating health, going back into the fray. You also always have a sword and a ranged weapon, and getting good at like dodging out of the way, then swinging your target around and picking a couple health points off an enemy to like throw them off their attack animation, mm-hmm. like that sort of stuff is yeah becomes really satisfying once you get good at it. Um, also, I've played long enough that like. I can chain together the the blink move really long and I have four health containers and I have the like master sword charge swing spin attack oh, yeah. and stuff. So like, uh, and I have a pistol and a like sniper rifle with laser sight that just right, fires one that. really powerful yeah, yeah. shot. And ha- having all those things in combination and getting skilled at them at all has made the encounters really start to feel really rich. Also, uh, I talked about this last time I talked about it, but the way that the world is built, everything in it being hidden and really complicated and confusing, is turns out to be, I guess, exactly what I've wanted in a game like this. Like it, <laughs> it feels like a combination of the mystery of a Metroid game and of the sort of top-down feeling of a Zelda overworld, and I've 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 gotten really into it. My my. Um, I've, the thing that I've the thing that I've done that made Hyperlight Drifter finally work for me is to decide that I'm not going to really aggressively plan where I'm going to go, and I just go into a room, find an exit, and assume that since it's there, it's an okay place for me to go, and that I'll eventually end up where I'm supposed to be. And that's generally worked out when I keep when I try to be like this place on the map is to the left, and then just like hug the edge of the screen of the left until I get there. Made me just enraged, but like. Yeah. yeah. That whole world is basically a weird...
0: I don't really it. understand how the map works, honestly. It doesn't... It shows you... It's, it's really like,
2: vague. It's really yeah. deliberately vague. I mean, you have to kind of just... Um, the map is is almost... It's just like... You can look and go, oh, there's an interesting looking structure kind of southwest of me. Maybe I'll get to but, it. like
0: your positioning on the map is is. So it's really coarse. It's coarse, yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, it, it's like... It only updates every, like, three or four screen screen widths worth of moving or something. But uh, the world is divided into into four quadrants with the town in the middle. And each of the four quadrants, there's a guy that you can meet that will show you where the, like... The boss the, or whatever is. He shows is, where right? the boss is. The one guy shows where the boss is. And another guy will show you where all the little tiles are that you're supposed oh, to collect. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then after that, it just feels like a weird interconnected f- yeah. secret zone. I don't know. Like, it's the the combination of just at this point now feeling like every time i go i'll just wander into a new screen and i'll just i'll be surprised by whatever is there and then hopefully learn how to be a better guy at fighting things it <laughs> it <laughs> um even that structure of kind of of wandering through what seems like an impenetrable maze uh, of space and then popping out of like a metroid elevator and going oh shit i'm on a block on top of the place that I went down into the ground two hours ago, when I was doing a different quest, also reminds me of some of the ways that people that you loop in and out of dungeons and in yeah. and out of major blocks of the overworld in Dark Souls. Yeah, it's weird. I
1: God, I hadn't thought about it, but now that I think about it, as much as I played of Hyperlight. Yeah, now that I played Dark Souls, I should probably just go back and. Yeah, that's what see I was. I, I want you to yeah. n-
2: go and check out Hyperlight Drifter with with the the mind that has now yeah. been mired in the world of Dark Souls three. Yeah, um, makes sense because Dark um, Dark Souls doesn't have a map at all, right? They just trust you, or doesn't no. like dark, no map. It's a, just your memory of the space is all that you've got going for you. Yep. Um, Hyperlight doesn't quite have that, but the map is the the it has a separate map for the underworld uh which is a lot more explicit about rooms and connecting doors and stuff but the overworld map just feels like someone's memory of a place or something it's almost just like what like tenth of the world am I in is is, is as relevant as it is right yeah i don't know
1: that's cool yeah
2: yeah, I will keep playing that game because it has actually fully got me at this point. Yeah, so you've yeah. you made
0: me want to go play more of it. So. <laughs> well, me too. Yeah. I need to just get past my uh, my sort of uh, stuff you were talking about in terms of just. I, I need to be able to just say, okay, I'm just going to go this way because I am, which is my actual instinct. But I keep I, fe- I keep feeling compelled to look at the map and map and and sort of directly correlate that to where I'm trying to go and i just i can't i can't do it well yeah i i don't know which ways one is supposed to go in this game well i mean if you just decide what you're trying to do i mean i, not, I do
2: think that the of the four the four sort of major spokes of the world they probably are increasingly difficult but i don't really know i did the top one first and now i've gone to the left yeah. as the second place that i've gone um and that seems to match up fine yeah um to what my skill level is, but for all I know, I'm right now fighting things that I probably should have extra moves for, but
0: I don't know. Well, the the thing that is, uh, that is limiting for me is that is the, you know, a classic thing that I've talked about with various games, you know, on this podcast, which is that if I suspect I'm leaving a stone unturned, I desperately want to, to, uh, you know, turn over the stone and in a game where I don't have a lot of confidence about my um, directional memory and, understanding of the layout of a space I'm constantly suspicious that I have missed something or you know because also in this game there are a lot of sort of corners you can peek around and places you can get that aren't obvious and so I feel I'm just like constantly wanting to like scour every single pixel of this place yep and I should just not yeah
2: I've I've finally in like the last couple hours that I was playing gotten to the point where like I have enough crap affixed to my guy, like enough upgrades that I'm actually like discovering health kits and then leaving them behind in case I need them later. Whereas oh, wow, like the yeah. first the first right the first like two hours or so that I was or three it was just like it's a fucking survival game basically. Yeah, yeah, uh yeah. and like I still get totally wrecked in places, but I now like have enough stuff that I can go fully charged into a place and then get the shit kicked out of me and then you know but right, um right. yeah. I I know what you mean but it turns out, I think, in the long term, that game is a lot more forgiving than it seems in the moment-to-moment if you just sort of mm-hmm. keep
0: moving through it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want to take a break? Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
2: Video games,
0: Flowers. Flowers. You can get them sent to your mom or anyone else. This episode is brought to you by Pro Flowers. Mother's Day is so soon. It is mere days away. You better get on this quickly. If you go to proflowers.com, click the microphone in the top right corner of the screen and put in the promo code thumbs, you will see a bevy of offers available to you. A bevy of bouquets. A bevy of bouquets of blooms. (laughs) For only $19.99, you can get a hundred blooms with a free glass vase thrown in there. Uh, This is like the most frantic ad spot We've done for pro flowers, and it's because you have very little time until Mother's Day. If you want to send flowers to someone else, you have you know it's a little more open. But for but the mothers in your life, for any mothers in your life, blow their mind with a <laughs> bouquet of blooms, a mm-hmm. hundred blooms, uh, for only nineteen ninety nine. B l u m s. Yeah, one hundred gold <laughs> blooms. Just, keep, <laughs> I've been thinking
1: that ever since we've done these ads. Yeah. <laughs> just,
0: anyway. Uh, That is proflowers.com. Click the microphone in the upper right. Put in offer code THUMBS and see see all of these deals. You're going to want to get on this real soon. You're running out of time. it probably be a day late. Shh, Nick, sh- <laughs> sh- sh- Send flowers. I'll still appreciate it. She-
2: mm. There's a surprise coming for you in the mail. It hasn't arrived yet. Weird. Uh, save face, be cool. Send
0: flowers to a mom. Mm-hmm. Proflowers.com, click that microphone, and put in the offer code THUMBS soon. Thanks, Proflowers. Video game. This episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Squarespace, the best, fastest, most user-friendly way to make your very own professional website, portfolio, blog, or online store. If you go to squarespace.com and enter the code THUMBS at checkout, you will get 10% off your first order, and if you sign up for a year, you get a free domain name. So, Adam Kunzmiller writes, I used your offer code when building the website for a company I started last year. If you want to check it out, head over to www.urusecurity.com. Is it oh. a security
2: service for Mist Online? Oh, no,
0: it's, it's oh. seemingly unrelated, but I can only hope that they're their company name was inspired by Forgotten MMO, Uru, Ages of Mist.
2: In that game, You Are You. Is that why it's called that? <laughs> yes. What? Oh,
0: my God. Anyway, he says, I quit my job and decided to make a go of running my own information security consulting firm with a good friend and colleague. This is definitely the most professional concept for any website we've highlighted with the thumbs promo code at Squarespace. Uh, this is, these are definitely people who really know what they're talking about in terms of cybersecurity. And you can see their website at urusecurity.com, U-R-U-Security.com. Uh, if you would like to make your own website, dedica- your own fan site about Uru Ages of Mist, uh, you can do so by going to squarespace.com, setting up an account without needing a credit card, and then when you're ready to check out, use the thumbs promo code for 10% off. And if you sign up for a year, you get a free domain name, such as uru.cool yep. or uru.info. Yeah, you could, you could register mistonlinefraudprotection.com. <laughs> <laughs> How to protect your homebrew uru server that you've kept running ever since Ubisoft shut it down. Anyway, uh, squarespace.com. Use the promo code thumbs at checkout for 10% off your first order. And don't forget about that free domain name if you order a year or more. Thanks, Squarespace. Video game- I can't believe Uru is you. UR M- yeah, I know. What? You are you? Blowing my fucking mind. How did you know that? I just know. Did you just infer <laughs> it or do you know it? I know it. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a fact.
2: <laughs> what overly dramatic uh, cover song of a popular song is in the new video game trailer, I wonder? <clears throat>
0: Of Infinite in the Infinity War, yeah. Did you not watch it? No, oh, it was just a a, the most boring alt rock cover of Space Oddity. Yes, it was just classic. Like, it's basically like the alien ant farm cover of Smooth Criminal, where it's like you just covered this beat for beat, but you're just not as good as Michael Jackson is. So,
2: how is there not a fucking crime game, open world GTA alike with a cover of Smooth Criminal as the song? (laughs) God, I had a dream I went thief space. trailer. What a hilarious, horrible thief trailer that would be! <laughs> oh man, yes, yes. <laughs> what about a sad, a sad smooth criminal?
0: <laughs> slow Plinky piano. Yeah, what well, that's a, what I was imagining. A, a thief, a thief yeah.
2: advertisement of smooth criminal.
0: <laughs> that would be then a slow cello, lone cello note would come in there. Oh gross! <laughs> maybe it's they so won't terrible. even say.
2: The, maybe they won't even say the words "smooth criminal" and that the melody line would just be carried by the cello, really dramatically, because you know what, it, what he says. But then oh, it's revealed true. to be "thief
0: smooth criminal." <laughs> 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 they, they would. It would be slightly. It would be like "thief criminal" element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah it smooth wouldn't be actually yeah, so criminal. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Oh, man, did you guys see that um, Stephen Garrett, the original like yeah. voice actor of Thief? is playing Corvo in the new Dishonored. Which, yeah. That's so weird. I mean, it's cool. It's really cool. Doing that universe crossover. It's... it's,
2: (laughs) Oh, man. He takes off the mask. It's
0: the thief. (laughs) It's the thief's son. That's just just an uncharted name. Dishonored to a thief's son. (laughs) I I think that in Dishonored
2: World, uh, the original Mm. actor of Corvo is now
0: playing... uh, Garrett. Yeah, Garrett, the thief. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, his name's not Steven Garrett. Garrett was the name of the thief. What's the guy's name? Oh, yeah, you're, Steven... <laughs> you're Steven right. Stephen, Stephen Thiefman.
2: Oh, oh, Steven Thiefman. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm, you know. I'm glad you called him Stephen Garrett, and we all just like, oh yeah, that
0: sounds like the name of thief. Oh, Stephen Russell. Okay, uh, yeah. that's his name. Stephen Russell, the original thief.
2: <laughs> I guess. I guess in Dishonored world, their thief games have a protagonist named Russell. Yeah, when Corvo sits down at his PC to play Thief. <laughs> <laughs> You found that room in The New Thief. Yeah, you so sit <laughs> yeah. the top of
1: a building, in the, in, you open in, the, yeah. the door. Hopefully
0: Dishonored 2, the name Dishonored 2 is not, hopefully the, like the words Dishonored 2 does not mean the second Dishonored. Hopefully it's a reference to the or, an organization called the Dishonored 2 that Steven Russell's character uh, must infiltrate. I think and that, it's actually three people.
2: Oh, right, because it's Corvo, <laughs> that new lady protagonist, and this guy. Yeah. And the third person. They
0: are the Dishonored too. Yeah. Mm. Which, as we know, in the world of Dishonored, is a, is <laughs> is a, a three triumvirate. It <laughs> <laughs> yes. What are we doing? Mm. I don't know. am talking about video games. Ugh. <sighs> all right. Are we back? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so Adam Miller, who you heard from in that Scorespace ad... Also has a whole other part of his email, which says, Hi guys, I'm happy to report that I've really enjoyed the Dark Souls 3 discussion happening throughout the Idlethumbs Thumbs Network, even though I myself am not a Souls fan. What I found interesting is breaking down why difficulty is satisfying. Comments regarding the level of satisfaction you feel when you do break through a difficult part, as well as developing a deeper feel for the control scheme and how to manage the world rang true to me, as reasons I love Rocket League so much. The more I play, the more I feel in tune with what is happening, operating with the systems on a deeper level, and so on. This is incredibly satisfying. I occasionally unlock a level to my mechanics, such as my most recent success at jumping off the wall and quickly rocketing to the ball and putting it on net. In its own strange way, this feels like unlocking a brand new territory for me to explore. I find myself now riding walls a bit more often and giving my other teammates a bit more space, having more success, etc. Thinking of things in these terms felt like an epiphany, and I have a lot more empathy for why Souls games can be so satisfying. Can you think of other gaming experiences that lead to this heady mix of accomplishment and developing a deep-rooted feel for the system you're interacting with? One that comes to mind is Ori in the Blind Forest. Thanks, Adam. I think most deep multiplayer games have that. Right? That's kind uh, of like that's why. Just like that's yeah, why mean, esports is are a thing. Is to watch people who have like sort of excavating down
2: through skills and finding entire
0: new realms of yeah.
2: ability to explore. Basically, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: I remember. F- I mean, it's been I a mean, while like, since I got d- really deeply, 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 deeply into a multiplayer game enough to have that experience. You know, recently, but I, you know, I used to be. I used to play just hundreds of hours of Halo. Really, Halos. One through three, I guess, was when I really just sunk basically in unlimited time into the multiplayer of those games. Th- those were definitely cases where, you know, even years in, I could feel myself reaching new tiers of understanding of those systems and just the ability to um, just do amazing things with the tools you're given. And it's a great feeling.
2: Yeah, I haven't played like, I mean... I was kind of, I guess, talking about a tiny version of that with Hyperlight Drifter earlier, which is obviously not exploring whole new avenues of play and thinking about the game differently, but it has been a nice process of realizing that I have to actually build up acumen and thinking about combat yeah. differently. But I just I don't play competitive multiplayer games as often as I used to, but like I think the most universal experience for people was probably or like the defining one of these for me, at least for me personally, was the realization that you can rocket jump in Quake. Uh, um, yeah. of just like whoops I guess the entire way that I look at maps and that I consider how to fight against other people is different and I will just like mm-hmm. my perception of this has changed or um playing like worms armageddon and learning that you could chain uh, ninja, ninja ropes. rope together and yeah. also that it was rigid so you could extend your worm out down but then like swing up and around and just like yeah. hover and get all like yeah 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 and just like gravity became irrelevant suddenly Mm -hmm. and then again like just the way that you perceive any sort of movement strategy in that game completely flips and you also go okay well there's just months of new discoveries in this game now because Uh of that one thing that i figured out sure but i don't know i don't know
1: yeah i mean i've had a lot of experiences like that but i think Probably the strongest memory of diving into a game like that for me is still tribes, like the original oh, tribes. Yeah. Because that game was so imperfect that it just morphed into a thing that by like a year post launch was just incomprehensible to like if if you had just like looked at the box cover which was just like the standard sci-fi guy. Like, yeah, i got my yeah, little like, laser gun. Right, discovery. and then it's like, what N- is N- Tribes? Nope. No, <laughs> it's not anything like that at all now. You've got like a weird guy in a suit like standing on somebody else's head and then there's a dude skiing down a hill. <laughs> right. And then like when he skis down the hill, he like rockets through the flag. I mean, and skiing
0: like, wasn't even an intentional design. No, it wasn't was it? intentional yeah.
1: at all. Like people just figured that yeah. out. I missed Tribes and it's like oh, one of my biggest my regrets. God. Yeah, It I, is seriously, I think it probably probably is still the best multiplayer game ever made. And I think it's just a, it's a real bummer to me. I mean, I know there's that new thing. Tribes People always try to
2: grab tribes, Ugh, but they can't. It's yeah. just,
1: it's not what it was. Because they're, what they're doing is they're taking kind of like the superficial elements without capturing what it was, which is, would be really difficult to do because it
2: was just a weird thing. Like, it's just, it was a weird broken thing that I, was great. I know that we keep coming back to, or I keep coming back to TF. 2 because I played it recently but I feel like Team Fortress 2 is one of the best examples of what are the how can we take all of the weird shit that people actually did in this game and then just build that into what the new game is I mean okay I just said that, and now I can feel the seething from people who played Quake World, Team Fortress, and Team, Fort- Team Fortress Classic. Uh, yeah, and for yeah. them, all that it was about was chaining jumps with concussion grenades. You, I was going to say concussion grenades and are like, like the, demo man the hots and, and like demo man debt packs, which Ugh. were the things that are not you in packs in Team Fortress Two, <laughs> and those were like the things that allowed the old Team Fortress games to be expressive, yeah. f- just yeah. fucking mania, uh, where there was just infinite skill ceiling and infinite space to explore how to play those games yeah but like tf2 felt like it was made with rocket jumps and sticky jumps and like weird people having to stand on someone else's head to get somewhere in mind and just sort of going okay fucking that's what it is uh except also people aren't just every single character doesn't have offhand sticky grenades or offhand concussion grenades anymore uh but you know
0: i think the uh i think coming of age in an era when that is how those games developed right if you look at tribes if you look at team fortress if you look at um <clears throat> uh, you know quake with rocket jumping and bunny hopping and things like that uh that whole era of pc multiplayer that that's you know when i i
2: think worms is actually a good 2d example Worms of is that. a
0: totally good 2d example that right that was like when um relatively stable internet play internet server-based play became a you know doable and common. And that's definitely when I got into those, to those games in a big multiplayer way. And, uh, you know, I think we all did. And I think that experience is partially what makes me feel so unequipped to um, so ill at ease, I guess in the world of the modern uh, multiplayer server based paradigm, which is the kind that uses experience and leveling and loadouts and all this stuff. Um, I I understand that there were a lot of problems with these kind of weird emergent version, one of which is that it's incomprehensible to new people who don't know why everyone seems to be breaking the game and killing them nonstop, and that sucks um, if you're that person. And there are a lot of good things about the sort of modern loadout and experience-based system, but as someone who came of age in that previous system, the the modern one always feels so... uh, It feels simultaneously exclusionary and also like locked down to me in the sense that I always, when I'm coming into one of those games, I always feel like, Oh, what's the point? Like I'm just gonna have to go through this like level grind forever, the same exact way everyone else is going to. And I know that doesn't actually tell the story because within that people are certainly building up these organic skills as well. But I always find myself looking at that experience bar and being like, oh, this you, is just totally predetermined. Like, eventually, I'm gonna just, no matter w- yeah. how good or bad I am, eventually, I'm just gonna crew enough points and go through the thing and get the stuff. And then, like, I can, I can hear the voice
2: it. in my ear of my hypothetical friend who's really good at, at that game and has invested a bunch into it, who says, you know, that strategy is really not worth it until you get to level five. And then I'm like, oh, right. fuck, you know, even if that guy doesn't exist and if that's not how the game works, it, it does give me a little bit of hope for, uh, for Overwatch because that game, i excited about Overwatch because it seems like that game has is <clears> built to have. A lot of weird cascading events happen through the things that are just on the table to begin with, but Mm -hmm. it's not being marketed like uh, some of those games. Like, there are some first-person games that are trying really hard, or first-person multiplayer games that are just, just under the AAA level that feel like they're, like... This is a pure, pure first person game for people who like the pure ones where all you do is (laughs) shoot stuff and it's only that. This game doesn't have to have that it doesn't have to take on the mantle of old games that you like because
0: you're old as I don't want to just play Quake Three Arena forever. That's not what I'm
2: Right. Like I like there's um uh I can't remember the names of them, but there's a few that have come and gone or that are on the way out right or on the way to coming out right now that feel like it's like the old ones. Old person uh, is their marketing. And I like that. Overwatch is trying. It feels like they're trying to hit a reset button similar to how things like TF2 did well at the same time exist in the, in the exact modern landscape, the same way that TF2 did in 2000 or mid two thousands, whenever it came out, orange box times. I don't know. Um,
1: yeah, it's really weird to me that Overwatch is what it is, knowing that Blizzard made it. I still can't reconcile that. It doesn't seem like they would have made that choice. Really? In a, yeah. What choice. Which just the, one? the choice not to include a leveling system, for well, instance, they, there or is even a leveling something system. That, there is well, but but I mean, like one that's not. I mean, it's it's a leveling system, but what? It's just cosmetic stuff, right? I mean, it's not actually like
2: you mean that they're they're not. It's it's not as predicated on what level you are as WoW or Diablo or something.
1: Or even that it's not something more akin to, like, Dota, yeah, where it's a leveling system within the round that actually, like, builds you up. You know, like, I just, it's really strange that neither of those two things, which are totally valid and exist right now in the examples of those games, yeah. they just kind of went, nah, you know. I, I
0: hope weird. that that's actually true, and I hope it stays <coughs> that way, because I, I yeah. it's so much more appealing to me. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Um but actually I mean it's really not that surprising. I mean maybe it, it it is on it is different to other blizzard games but it's not but it's actually if you look at the games that Overwatch draws comparisons to which are things like TF2 and um like Dota in a weird way right just in the sense of like these more diverse unique characters in terms of abilities and stuff. Um those games are not predicated on well, Dota, leveling yes.
1: It's just within the round.
0: Within the round, but that's totally different. That's like worlds different. But that's what I'm
1: saying, though. There are two versions of it, and they went with neither of them, which is just surprising to me.
0: Right. Yeah. But leveling within the round is so. That is like. Eh, to me, that's that one, of the, that's one of the that's one of that is one a hu-
1: sh- that's a huge barrier for people though. I mean that's one of the things that like actually turns a lot of people off with It's true,
0: that's but it's sh- not the thing that I get turns me off. Well, yeah, okay. I also, and that's all I care
2: about. <laughs> I also find that personally stupidly easier to manage in a first person environment for whatever reason. I think mm. because I'm used to I think man, Dota is hard for me because I it's just I'm bad at those games in general, but a first person arena game where I'm picking things up and they're adding to my character Makes sense, uh, just because that's how it always (laughs) works, but uh, I don't know, whatever. I don't have anything to say,
0: yeah. Well, we've we've we've
2: strayed off that guy's email a lot, I don't remember what that email was anymore.
0: Whatever, uh, let's find another email. (laughs) All right, so oops, sorry, in the wrong folder, okay, sorry. Uh, Peter James writes, group similar faces. Hi, guys. After seeing your recent Dark Souls 3 streams, I thought you might enjoy the group similar faces option in the Google Photos app. I'd love to upload a bunch of Dark Souls similar faces to Google and see how well it groups the similar faces. Love the pod, Peter. I haven't done this, but that sounds hilarious, and I just wanted to put this thing out into the world. Because I've never heard of this before. Yeah.
2: Yep. So really, the hope is that you could put... um you could group similar faces and you would get Ted Cruz, former presidential uh, candidate and Ted Cruz, <laughs> right. Uh, yes. yeah. n- Idle thumbs, Dota, or Idle thumbs, dark souls character. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: my favorite uh, example of auto face recognition in just passive auto face recognition in, in modern uh, photo software is the fact that anytime you take a picture that includes the huge portrait of Jake hanging in our office, it always accurately identifies it as Jake. (laughs) That is amazing. That's That's amazing. (laughs) That speaks, one, to the the skills of the artist, and two, to the crazy software algorithmic world we now live in.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Idle Thumbs people, for sending us a five-foot-high portrait of my
0: face. Yep. Jake's mom hates that, we learned recently. <laughs> moms oh, hate like, it. Yeah, Jake's yeah. mom hates oh, that. Oh, yeah, no, my thing. mom hated mine, too. Oh, really? No, that's right. She hated yeah. it. Oh, my yeah, my mom's not seen mine. Uh,
2: giant yeah. giant uh, oil portraits. <laughs> moms hate them.
1: She was like, you look so old. Oh, no. Oh, no, you look you look old. You look like you're about to die. Oh, my like, God. She got very, like... And anxious, then just immediately. So now
2: reasons. we should see if Facebook says in this photo Nick Brecken, and then <laughs> your mom will just
0: no, it's not you. I, why f- does it always say that it's you in this photo? Jasper Brecken,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bobby yep. Kodak? Maybe we can become friends with Bobby Kodak and Jay Allard by oh, taking man. pictures with these and seeing if and Facebook seeing if tries to like. Oh, oh, it looks God. like Jay Allard's there. <laughs> Were you hanging out with Jay
0: Allard? Oh. <laughs> Tom Kidd writes, hey guys, in episode 260 you briefly mentioned Ritual's Sin episodes as an example of episodic gaming failure. While it's true that FPS episodic gaming in the mid-2000s was basically a bust, with Sin episodes episode 2 never releasing and Valve taking two years to release Half-Life 2 episode 2 and Half-Life 2 episode 3 apparently taking longer than the heat death of the universe, the demise of the Sin episode series is frequently misunderstood as opposed to the demise of the Half-Life 2 episodes, which is just a plain mystery. I would say that Claiming the Sin Episodes series is frequently misunderstood is overstating how frequently anyone thinks about Sin <laughs> Episodes one way or the other. Yeah. But I'll I'll move past that. There's also well, I will I won't get out in front of it to defend it. But man, I will. Oh, well, I, I will after the emails over. Yeah, because um, I I actually like the game. But anyway, he oh continues. no, I, I
2: have nothing to. I have no knowledge of the Sin Episodes thing. But I remember when they announced it, it they had six. N- numerals on their website which were grayed out and then it turned oh, to 3 man. and then it turned to 0. So Oh man. There's I probably mean. there's probably reasons behind what happened, but Well, he's going to
0: tell us that. Yeah. So he says according to the blog of a former ritual employee, I'm not sure what the protocol is on naming names, so I'll leave that up to you. I don't know either. Sin Episodes was actually a success financially, if not a huge one. It was originally going to be a steam only release, but it sold well enough to get a retail release at well as well. It sold at least 200,000 copies and outsold BioShock in the same 2-week window. The reason a second episode was never released appears to be tied to the fact that Ritual as an overall developer went under. According to that blog post, while the game was successful, Ritual suffered a series of setbacks in the form of other projects they were working on being canceled in various states of development. And the subsequent effect on the burn rate of the company was devastating enough to the bottom line that the company had to be sold to another company, casual game developer Mumbo Jumbo, who were actually in the same building in downtown Dallas. God, in West and End Mumbo
2: district. Jumbo was originally not a casual game developer. Mumbo Jumbo's first project yeah. was Myth 3 for Bungie. Oh, Oh, that's crazy. Or two, one of them. I think Myth 1 and 2 were Bungie, and 3 was Mumbo Jumbo. That That might be because they bought the IP off of Bungie when Microsoft bought Bungie. That was a crazy situation. Mumbo Jumbo seems like it must have been a sad scene in the long term.
0: Anyway. um, Within a few years, everyone from Ritual bailed, and uh, nothing further ever happened with Sin, which was probably Ritual's only-in-house IP. Clearly, the episodic model can work, since Telltale has made a career out of it, and now Hitman is showing it can work for AAA non-adventure games as well. But I just thought I'd point out that there's a misconception that Sin episodes failed because of some development issue or bad sales. The reality is a little different. Thanks, and keep up the good work, Tom Kidd. And then he links to several sources. That is really interesting from the outside. Oh man, three of his sources are chatty posts on (laughs) Shacknews.
2: Whoa, crazy! (laughs) Of course they are. are. From the outside, it did not feel that way because the announcement was like just. I mean, that that was the early wow. days of episodic business model attempts, and it feels like everyone got it wrong, <sighs> and their f- first foot forward was to say, there are going to be X number of these. You can't buy them all yet, because we can't guarantee that we'll make them pay 20 bucks for the first one, and you don't know what the experience is. That was such a hard mm-hmm. hill for everyone
0: to overcome. Um, it's hard to know what you should do instead of that, though. I mean, if you want to do an episodic thing. Right, like you can't say we don't know how many we're going to make, and we don't know. Like you have to, right? You have to declare something. You
2: have to. I think the thing that Telltale did that I that they didn't do at first, but they ultimately finally decided they had to do was commit to we're budgeting that we're going to series. we're gonna produce yeah. an entire series. The later episodes might be real cheap and suck, but we're gonna say you're gonna get the whole thing. Like that's like it's like saying if it's if, if a TV network said buy this pilot the number of people who are going to buy that pilot are very few, but people weren't calling them pilots. They were calling them the first episode of a season, but then not actually committing to doing a season. And I think that's, I mean, it sounds like... That, rit- that
0: probably would have ended up in an even worse situation, honestly, for consumers in this case, though. Yes. Because it sounds like Ritual was going to go out of business right. well, that, anyway. That,
2: that's, that's where, that's, <laughs> that being true is why I think episodic gaming especially at that time in the mid-2000s, had such a shitty reputation because people were using the name Episodic Gaming and Episode 1 as speculative, let's float the company. I think the same way that people are trying... That that mentality seems like it moved to Kickstarter where it's like put Uh, together a big pitch for what this could be and see if we can get enough interest early on that it can somehow justify the rest of production. Whereas the way that Episodic Gaming seems to have actually stuck with Hitman and with Telltale stuff is we're committing to making content you can pay for all of it up front and it will be deployed to you over time the way that an episodic tv show that you buy a season pass is deployed um but the sort of ad hoc sin episodes half-life episodes thing feels like it's just doomed to not work yeah um because i think also probably just like real tv shows subsequent episodes don't actually sell better usually than the previous episode. But what they do end up right. doing is put more customers into the bucket of the overall season. So like valve is never going to see, or ritual is never going to see an increase in like, Oh, episode two is going to do it. Like half life two could have outsold half life one. Cause it's a sequel, but half life two episode two is never going to outsell half life two, episode one. This is yeah. not going to happen, yeah. but because they don't have a way to bundle all the products together into one bucket they can't ever there's never going to be a way that that stuff looks on paper like it's growing over time it's always going to look like it's diminishing yep. yeah i don't
0: know I wonder what the I wonder what the business model there is with Hitman because it's it's quite clear that the second episode of Hitman has been i mean totally rightfully and appropriately received like in Rapturously, relative to the first episode, which I think people liked, but didn't blow anyone's mind.
2: How is it priced? Like, if you bought the first Hitman uh, chapter,
1: are each fifteen dollars? I mean, if you buy them individually and then they add up, there are four, I think.
0: Apparently there are even you. more than that actually. Well, I know there're
1: more than four levels, but I think they're
0: so, like doing four it in like so four right, drops right now yeah. are they selling It's crazy that it, none, none of us have any idea what the schedule or like I plan for this is. Yeah. But also it kind of doesn't matter because unlike an actual episodic thing they're just hitman levels. Yeah. You know like this is the big difference between something like even a Half-Life game which is a shooter but is a very story narrative driven shooter um, or an adventure game, which, you know, both of which are closer in theory to the way people watch a TV show in that they continue. But these Hitman levels are just, they're Hitman levels. You play them a bunch of times. Well, the, the way
2: the Hitman is priced is the intro pack is $15. The upgrade pack is $50. Or the full game is $60. Uh, so oh, it's, so
0: you can't buy them one by one at all. No, uh, it's like
2: buy the first drop and then complete buy the buy, complete your Hitman purchase. Huh. Um, so it feels like they have a dip of toe in the water, but what you really should do because hmm. you're going to pay, uh, a little less is just buy the whole season. That's that, that appears to be so the,
1: the $15 is literally just the first. Oh, mission.
2: weird. Oh, it's, it's okay. This is very weird. So there's intro pack, $15, um, sapienza DLC,
1: $10. I'm just looking okay, at the yeah, so I knew there was a, there so was you a can, yeah. you can
2: buy them as DLC, but just then going can end up being could, way more, you could. You can yeah. nickel and dime yourself, but it seems like they're, they have sort of complete your bundle always. They're, it seems like what they're always trying to do is just go, you like this enough that you trust that it's going to be good. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that they haven't announced the rest of the content or a schedule. but
0: um, so, so yeah, basically you have to, an- to find out what the business model is, you basically have to keep checking every time they release another episode. Because that information you shared didn't exist at the time that I bought the game yeah. because Sapienza wasn't out yet.
2: Yep, on release players have access to the intro pack content, Prologue Mission, the Paris, Sanguine Fashion Show, full access to contracts mode, escalation mode, uh a bunch of other live content, and then remaining content will be available as six releases periodically through twenty sixteen, starting with the first new one in April. Is what that's what the Steam page says. So the, in, the So intro- if you
1: if you bought all of the D L C then plus the fifteen dollars, you would end up spending more than sixty bucks. Oh probably. yeah, for sure. So, yes. so you're basically yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's so, so weird.
2: Basically, oh, so, that's
0: always how stuff is. When you don't buy stuff bundled, it always costs more.
1: Well, yeah, yeah.
0: It would be weird to charge the people who paid yeah. the bundle price more.
2: No, I know. It's just, it's just weird. Yeah. So, <sighs> it's it's interesting right now because we don't need to get super into the stupid pricing of this. But yeah, that's, if you you get increasingly trapped if you buy the intro pack for fifteen yeah, bucks. That's what then, I'm thinking about. Then you yeah. buy the Sapienza Sep- pack for ten bucks. You've paid twenty five. Now what? Then you have to just, you're just locked into nickel and diming yourself because otherwise you just pay 50 bucks to get the other four. Yeah. Yeah. Really strange. That's so Um, strange. I would not be surprised if when the third one comes out, the pricing yeah, is going to change again. Like, they're the probably path, just going to yeah. keep.
0: What a complicated. That's really strange. Are there the going to end up being people who have, like, it almost, all the levels except for one? I, in it the almost middle feels like maybe, know, maybe the, it's complicated by design, I, though. I, 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 to, I don't to know. Avoid. I think it's complicated by necessity at this point. Well, Once they I mean. started. I think well, that
1: that, but also, I don't know if. Oh, ahead, I think we're talking
2: ourselves into circles because I think that a thing that Steam has that none of us have ever used because it is relatively new is. The notion of complete your bundle, which is what an iOS has that, where you, I, I, yeah, I I, know you're right. If that's, I feel like I've seen that really rarely on a couple of games right now, where like if you have a game, you can get, you can go from the one DLC that you have to the full thing for a difference. If they don't have that, I bet that Square is banking on them having that because that's a big thing in iOS now, where you can, yeah, you can, uh, if if a company has three apps in a bundle and you only own one, you can get the whole bundle for the difference. You know, um, what, you know, what just occur to me is they're making a Deus Ex like
1: world or something, right? They're making like a weird Deus Ex thing that's not just Deus Ex Three. Oh, really? I wonder if they're just gonna make it this. You mean four? Or sorry, sorry, yeah, four. I wonder if they're just. I wonder if this is just their plan is to just make games as services or whatever, and just I, do this in, like for everything.
0: You mean Square Enix? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Because I mean, yeah, when they announced it, it was like Deus Ex, uh, universe or something. I mean, when you and say I,
0: that's not Deus Ex Four, do you mean that is replacing Deus Ex Four, or is that is I've, in addition I've, to? I don't
1: know. There was some confusion at the time. I think I think it isn't replacing a, a true sequel, but there's like a weird, yeah. Welcome to Deus Ex Universe. Is there is their website right now?
0: I've never now. even heard of this.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that means that that's just their sort of like marketing initiative. I cannot remember, but I wonder if they're. I wonder if this is something they're trying out. Well, wow, this was apparently
0: announced like years ago yeah yeah
1: i guess it's just the name of their like whatever marvel cinematic universe this is just their
0: yeah because one of the one of the things is a comic book
1: okay it's not an mmo square Enix says but i wonder i wonder if they will just for the new deus Ex do something similar to this because it seems like the kind of game that you could also just roll out in chunks you know now you've unlocked more of the city and there are like another couple of missions like it seems like you could probably do it yeah weird
0: the concept between Deus Ex Universe is to create an ongoing, expanding, and connected game world there built across a generation of core games. There you go. It's our commitment to develop to deliver meaningful content that expands the franchise on a regular basis and to deliver a deep conspiracy that will span several connected Deus Ex games, creating a more immersive and richer experience than ever before. It will include PC and console games. But also additional Deus Ex games and Sorry. experiences available in tablets, smartphones, books, graphics novels, etc. This sounds really overwhelming. Sorry, I
2: Nedri laughed at the like. <laughs> yeah, you did. A deep and rich universe that will expand the franchise. Whatever the what yeah. the fuck that was, and additional conspiracies. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> a deep conspiracy. Oh man, this reminds me a lot of that stupid rock paper shotgun comic. Yeah, I know. That I, I was feel just, like you, I was just should, thinking the same you thing. You should maybe just explain.
0: The, the rock paper shotgun comment,
2: comment about the removing oh, the oh man yeah I feel like that should just be shared here uh, even though you also tweeted it
0: that's true so I was I was uh, watching the trailer for the new um, uh, what is it Call of Duty game which you know whatever Infinite it's, it's, War yeah it's whatever it is and um, I think
2: it's called Infinite War
0: uh, I think it is called yeah, Infinite it is. War it's Infinite War by Infinity Ward <laughs> available A only Dr. at Seuss GameSpot. Spot joint <laughs> um, and. There was a an amazing co- so in the story they they included a block quote of the uh, of just like the fucking press releasey press release. Do you think it's worth reading the press release? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, whatever. It's a press release. The <laughs> you can guess. Yeah. And a comment. I just scrolled down to the comments for whatever reason, and a commenter had edited the press release to remove all of the. Just about all of these sort of hypey adjectives. Like the super
2: superlative adjectives. Yeah. Out yeah. of the
0: press release, and he just, you know, pasted the remainder. And I I posted this on Twitter and it it blew up because it is in fact hilarious what this commenter did. And it reads as follows. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare puts storytelling in a narrative. Infinity Ward breaks ground by exploring weight and its responsibilities. In a time of adversity, the player, as captain of their warship, must take command against an enemy. Soldiers are thrust into circumstances that will test their training and reveal their character as they learn to lead and make decisions necessary to achieve victory. The game also introduces environments, weapons, and abilities to Call of Duty. The campaign, from combat to fighters, occurs as an experience with loading times and delivers franchise moments that fans love that's that it's
2: got those loading times I love that I love it so much what it actually reminds me of what it reads like 100% and this site is gone now but there was that objective Um, game reviews website for a little while that just oh yeah that reads exactly like those articles except that they would then say four out of five stars (laughs) at the end oh man I'm I'm so sad that that site is gone but it turns out you can relive that site by just taking all of the adjectives out of a press release yep it's true with loading times.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see. So, Tegan Robichaux writes, Jay Allard's dog. An idea <laughs> An idea popped into my head that I cannot shake. The idea is threefold. One, Jay Allard owns a dog. Two, the dog's name is Xbox. Three, <laughs> the dog is trained to respond to connect voice commands. Xbox turn off makes it play dead, for example. I choose to accept this as fact until proven otherwise. Tegan Robichaux. So... That's probably that's, true. Yeah. In the, in the Jay Allard uh, universe. <laughs> that's Jay Allard seems like he would Jay Allard who now like yeah. owns a weird bike collective thing in Portland seems like, or I guess you can't dog. own a collective, but I, whatever he is of it. Um, it's probably actually just a company. He probably has a dog that he trains to respond to Xbox connect commands or whatever it is.
2: Yep. I just got a message from Zach of Video Games Hot Dog saying the love song of J Allard Proof Rock. What? Is it T. S. Eliot poem, the love song of J Allard Proof Rock? Oh
0: my god! <laughs> <laughs> is that is that it? Is that the entire message?
2: Uh, yeah. Saying, did you have you ever used that before?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so now we have. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Simpson writes. Imagining Hitman at too young an age. Listening to you talk about the latest Hitman level brought me back to the very first time I heard about the original Hitman. I was 10 or 11 on the bus to school with a bunch of my friends, and a few of them had been playing this game where you were a cool assassin guy in Chinatown. I wasn't really listening at the time. I was more of a Pokemon, Zelda, and Doom fan. But they started talking about the third level, the Massacre at Chung Chow Fish Restaurant. One of my friends described the most perfectly detailed and specific series of actions he'd performed. Going into a restaurant and asking for the key to a toilet. Leaving his gun need in the, to bathroom. Go to the bathroom. What? <laughs> oh, what are you quoting? Sam and Max?
1: No, that's that. Oh. That's 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 from that scene. You walk in, and then he says, you, you use like E on the guy, and he just, and your Hitman guy goes, I need to go to the bathroom.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's the best.
1: That's it's not- like the <laughs> first time I ever heard a Hitman talk. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, whatever. This <laughs> Same is a- guy, by the way. Yeah. Same actor yeah, I know. Por- yeah.
0: portrayed the Hitman. Yeah. Ever since the original Hitman, what is it? Like. Si- what was the original game called? Agent 47? Codename 47. Codename 47. Yeah. yeah, the movie is Agent 47. Um, anyway, going into a restaurant and asking for the key to the toilet, leaving the gun in the bathroom so it wouldn't be discovered on his person later, silently taking out a guy for his clothes and slowly dragging his body to a sewer grate, entering through the front door of the restaurant in his new disguise, smugly letting them pat him down for weapons, parentheses, hitman is always smug, slightly <laughs> <laughs> making his way to the bathroom where his gun waited and from that hidden location taking out his targets. Hitman is always sly. Closing the bathroom door to buy him some time as he made his way out the window and into the alley, casually walking to his getaway car as all chaos erupted around him. Like what? This was in a game? I hadn't played it, but the description painted this image in my mind of such a whole and realized self-contained game world where any window could be an escape route or entryway, and the game reacted to the how of your actions more than to the scripted story moments or level-complete triggers of of other games. As much as I'm a fan of the series, I think there's never quite been a Hitman game that's lived up to my imagination hearing about the fish restaurant. Listening to you talk about the latest level felt so totally like that childhood bus trip. I guess to turn this into a question, has there ever been a game that set your imagination so alight that whether, you, whether or not it lived up to those ideas, it still left you totally satisfied? Also, one time in the first Hitman game, I shot a sniper in a guard tower, and rather than collapse out of view into the tower, he ragdoll flipped over the edge of the railings. Then his foot became stuck to the edge, so I shot him again to try and get him onto the ground a bit more out of sight. He fell a little bit further down and ended up completely wedged in the cross beams about halfway up the tower, like a shining Christmas decoration for the whole enemy camp to see. At that age, it definitely felt like a grenade rolling down the hill moment. Mm-hmm. Jackson Simpson.
2: When I was in high school, the first uh, Deus Ex game was described to me almost in the same way as this, where it was like...
0: You were not in high school when that game came out.
2: Deus Ex 1?
0: Yeah. When did it come out? Uh, 97? No. Well, maybe it came out in 2001. Deus Ex 1? It was in 90s,
2: 99, I no, think.
0: No, Deus Ex 1 was, two, was 2001. It came out... Wasn't it? 2000, maybe.
1: Maybe I was in college. Mm-hmm. 2000. Okay, sorry. Okay, t-
2: 2000 yeah. I was... Oh, you're right. I was in the dorms when Deus Ex came out. Yeah. Um, And I remember a friend of mine talking about like shooting out security cameras so guards couldn't see and like sneaking and silently killing people and doing all these crazily executed moves. And my mental picture, like that sounded so unlike a set of like verbs and things you right. do in a game that, that I was used to that I was just like, What? is this and then i was like i gotta play this game and it was impenetrable
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my first experience with deus ex was oh, also pathetic and sad i did not understand it at yeah all. i didn't
1: make it through deus ex until maybe 10 years later even yeah. like my yeah, memory, was, initial memory of that was just yeah. Yeah. it was probably man i thought deus ex was late almost 90s, 10 years but later it, for me it,
2: as yeah. well yeah, yeah
0: it was 2000 it yeah. was 2000 yep. yeah
2: yeah and this was my friend who was playing the mac version so it must have been like 2002 or one.
0: <laughs> oh, crazy <laughs> Man, okay. Actually, speaking of this, this is weird. Uh, on our Facebook page for Idle Thumbs, on our on the post about our most recent episode, which talks about a lot about Hitman, there was one of the there, you know we don't get tons of comments on our on our Facebook page because we don't really promote it. I guess as, or we don't talk about it as much as we do our Twitter account or whatever. But um, one of the comments I kind of think was probably from someone who doesn't actually listen to the podcast, just based on the comment. And it was, but maybe he does. I don't know. It was essentially a just full laundry list of all of the um, standard grievances against the current hitman. It was this guy and he was basically like the new hitman is terrible. I can't believe it. Like it's episodic and that's, that's just crap. This is total nickel and dime, like horrible thing. And then, and it's online and that just means no one can play it for more than 10 minutes ever. And like, what a disgrace. And this is terrible. And it, you know, it was just the full thing. And, and I, I hovered over the thing and it was over the guy's name And it was like born 1995. And I, it was such a weird experience to see that and realize, oh my God, this guy was five years old when the original Hitman came out. Which, you know, fine. Like, yeah, whatever. I mean, I, you know, I was five years old when lots of things came out, but it, it definitely made me realize like, man, this guy is how old is he? Let's see. Uh, 20, I guess. 20 or 21 21. depending on his on his birthday and it just really brought to mind how different i guess it is to grow up now than it was when i was that same age which isn't to say like kids these days are better or worse or anything but it was crazy to read that on facebook where you can see the guys face and age and stuff because it just looked like all like I was just now on the steam page for for Hitman because we were we were you know talking about the release stuff and the game actually has quite poor reviews on steam mm-hmm. and all the reviews on steam are are that I mean yeah. they're they're all basically that of just like this is basically a scam it's a it's a disaster and it was crazy for me to see because my experience with that game has just existed in like a different universe like it's not that I disagree with these people it's that we're not even we're speaking different languages, right? Like th- the things that the the, f- the lens they're looking through the game with is just not relevant to yeah. the way I'm experiencing the game, which isn't to say that their grievances don't have legitimacy. It just kind of, I don't know what I'm It's my a symptom is, of the
1: broken it, political system that they've grown <laughs> up into, Chris. I don't
0: know. It was just crazy to see. I'm like, man, they're like interpreting this game and responding to it. In a just language and a way of like reacting yeah. to it that I would just never even like literally never occurred to me. Like it's so fundamentally different that I just my reaction is like, oh, it's a Kidman game weird. I don't quite understand what they're doing with this release. Whatever, I guess I'll try it. Um, oh, it's really good. Okay, and now I'm reacting to the game itself, and and that's that. And like that one initial difference in like, I guess I'm fine with this versus like I'm suspicious of this. Just at that break at that break point.
2: Well, that's also an ideological war. I mean, there are people I know, at this point who are like, but this but is but a single-player game? Is this a single-player game that is online? Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Fuck you, single-player game that has online anything. Like, the right. fact, but, like, whereas...
1: But that guy's grown up into a world in which it is so much easier to have those ideological wars exist and just be, like, pervasive. Like, or, that's the thing I think, I feel, well, like, f- I feel like across the board... I just feel that way about like the Internet at this point where it's just it feels like there's just a generation that's just so used to picking a side and then just towing a line. And, well, like, it's that's not the, just
0: that generation. It's all generations that exist now. Because oh, we're all I'm not. That same yeah, world, But like, I just it, mean it's like a reminder that there's that been opi- nothing else. Well, there it's is. just it's kind of a reminder that opinions are OK. So opinions are real and people have preferences and taste. Obviously, that's a given. But also. So many of your reactions to things are entirely determined by just the environment you happen to be in and the people who happen to be surrounding you, whether it's physically or virtually, right? Like that's why certain areas are more liberal and certain areas are more conservative. Like that same human brain could be transplanted. And if it just happened to grow up in a different place, it would probably have totally different, incredibly strongly formed and like just vehemently believed opinions and if you're, you know, twenty years old and you're on like I don't even know, like Steam forums maybe? I don't I don't know like where people talk about games anymore. But like there's you know, Jake, as you said, like that's an entire just ideological position that basically like your opinion on that game is essentially destiny.
2: Because at sing- that point, single player games should not need the internet.
0: Right. And like, period. That is yeah. like a, is a fucking hardline stance, right? Yeah. And I'm not even gonna make the argument that that's wrong necessarily, right? Yeah. Like, no. there are like things that are annoying about that in Hitman. It just this is a reminder to me that <sighs> that these opinions get pre-sorted with almost no relevance to their merit.
2: Do you guys have any memories of like formative teen years, for instance, where you remember like? Blindly agreeing or disagreeing with something, or declaring something lame because someone near you declared it lame. Oh, I'm sure, I do and all then the time. Like, And yeah. then, like, I have, I have, I can't.
1: N sixty four versus whatever. I, I you mean. Know, I
2: mean, it was or, the console like, shit or just like that. Other life things, like, but other life things. I don't want to go into sure. specifics, but music man, just like probably. I'm sure, yeah, thinking music. Thinking back oh, yeah. to just like agreeing or dis or disagreeing with something that someone said out of hand because someone who I thought was cooler than me or who I was interested in was sitting next to me. But yeah, then I everybody's them, I, sitting next to you all the time. I Jake. wanted them to hear my opinion or whatever, like yeah, and just yeah. sort of like ingrain myself with a certain group but, of people. But, see, but, that then, is but the, then watching as that pattern gets formed and becomes my identity. That's and I what I'm questioning. I guess that's what I was trying
1: to describe. Yeah, it's just that now if you grow up into that, it's like it, in the version of the internet that I grew up into. You didn't have two hundred people who were following you all the time and reading everything. No, you were but saying was, all but it was, but it was still
2: time. immediately easier to find a community of people with whom you could become enmeshed by. Oh yeah, by, not, by starting to have the same opinions right. as them.
0: Well, yeah. also teenagers have always done this for all of history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. No, I mean, they have. It's like, just that that you, you know, like the are saying, it's much generations. Now. I guess it has changed in how that is yeah how that is like exposed to other people like i fortunately i guess was a teenager at a time when none of that shit leaked onto the internet like when i you know what i mean like i i don't think you could actually go back and find any of my actual teenage like literally ages 12 right. to 19 i don't think you could find very much of me on the internet. But, like, your identity being
2: formed out of, like, what genres of music you will dismiss out of hand simply on, like... Right. Yeah, I had a lot of really dumb
0: opinions in high school and college about music that I... Because, you know, music was, like, my most important thing in those years by far. Mm -hmm. And I had, like, incredibly overly, like... Um, aggressive, but you couldn't about that you couldn't stuff.
2: militarize it and then turn it into an Eve Online fleet and actually impact <laughs> people's lives over tens of thousands of dollars because you happen to have been on the same forum with all these people who think that rap music yeah. is dumb.
0: Right, right, and like, well, I probably could have done. I, you know, we're of a generation where I could have done that, but it wasn't yet so.
2: It can't it can't compound the way that it does now.
0: Well, but also, but also, I just didn't even think to. Right. Like, I could have gone on Usenet or something. And right. and and, but I just did just didn't occur to me, right? Whereas now, like now, I live my whole fucking life on the internet, right? I'm on Twitter all day long. Like I,
1: I, I spent a lot of time on the internet. It was just, it was. Just, that's just, it wasn't as visible, right? I mean, I think like Jake, you were saying, like, yeah, there were communities where you could go to, right? But they weren't like exposed in the way they are now. There are probably just a general still sense.
0: underground, not underground, but there are probably still a lot of under the radar communities. There's just now two tracks. There's that. And there's also social media. Well, social social, social media just, just allows yeah.
2: all of those things to sort of like, like, uh, like drips of mercury that can sort of pool together and then end up having a gravitational force right. all of their own.
0: Like probably for most people, especially most teens whose social networks are relatively small. I'm, I'm using social network in the the old school sense of the term. Um, probably like 99% of what they say does in fact, stay contained to their friend group and never actually spreads out beyond it. It's, but you could, there's always the chance that you'll be retweeted by someone looking to sort of make you look dumb and it will blow up and then you'll be sad about your life. Also, I mean,
2: I know you started talking about this in regards to teens and we're talking about teens, but obviously it is not just teens. I think, I, oh, think no. I think when you, when one is a teenager, one is more susceptible to going, oh, you know what? That does seem right. And then that like just, oh, for sure. But man, yeah. everyone does that all the time. Oh
0: yeah. It's oh, yeah. so bad. Definitely. Humans anyway, are, I'm, I'm never sure if you,
2: yeah. Now <laughs> that I've, now that I've heard that guy's opinion, actually, I'm way less inclined to buy Hitman. I think I'm actually going to, um, <laughs> if I did buy it accidentally, I'm going to refund it because I mean, it makes a lot of sense once you think about it. As you well said. True. Man, the sentence, it makes a lot of sense once you think about it. It seems like it's more often actually applied to not thinking about something and just, <laughs> and, and just, and just hearing one thing from someone.
0: Right. Yeah. The sort of like epiphany of the unconsidered.
2: Yeah. Just, right. Nah, the sort
0: of like, I've never actually thought about this before in any context. So the one the only argument I've ever heard anyone make about it makes a lot of right. sense. Yeah.
2: I think, I think it makes a lot of sense once you think about it. It might be code for... I've now realized that one can think about it, and I have thought about it, and I have decided. Right, that's <laughs> probably true. I mean, once you think about what I said just now, that makes a lot of sense, oh, right? Man, dude, you're so right. right huh? Yeah.
0: Never really, never really thought about that before, but now that I have, I think you're right on the money.
2: Huh. <laughs> we probably all should uninstall Hitman. We probably should erase Steam. We should probably give up video gaming. Now that you think about it, that's true. Video games are poison, and culture is bad. <laughs> Fuck teens.
0: <laughs> I mean, once you once you really think about it for a second, yeah, that's true. Um, once you really think about it for a second, we should probably stop recording this podcast. Oh, um, right now and forever, Trump twenty sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. What would you think about it? All right, thanks for joining us on Idle Thumbs. I don't know what the last fifteen minutes of this podcast were. Sorry, about old that. people being yeah, old. We were just going to be old people forever. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> If you enjoy this podcast for some reason, please tell a friend. Please consider rating us and reviewing us on iTunes. By the way, iTunes sucks. Boycott iTunes. It's killing culture. Uh, but before you do that, review us on it. Um, you can find us on Twitter, which is Raising a Generation of Idiots, at Twitter.com slash Idle or Facebook, uh, Wake Up Sheeple. Find our account at Facebook.com slash Idle We have other podcasts on our network at idlethumbs.net because we want to bring you all into our uh, ecosystem of franchised podcast um, dominance. Uh, You can find those at idlethumbs.net slash shows. Um, And uh, we have a forum
2: at idlethumbs.net slash forum. It's a really sort of like isolated group of, you know, like minded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exclusionary have, people who will shame yeah, you all, away. Get all
0: your opinions either constantly reinforced or uh, shamed until you give up and leave the internet.
2: We're on uh, YouTube at youtubecom idlevideos. Please like and subscribe
0: mm-hmm. and Please. leave a
2: comment. <laughs> leave a comment. A good leave, YouTube leave a comment. comment. Hey guys. Yeah. Also, shout out to Joel McCoy who will have thoughts about the last twenty minutes of this episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, thanks everyone. Bye. Jesus.
2: Oh, man! Other thing that happened. Uh, when I was playing Team Fortress 2, I fucking... I got owned over and over again by someone named O. Quigley. And I was like, what? Is this... <laughs> is this, like, SimCity creative director and Spore art director Ocean Quigley? Why is Ocean Quigley on this random Valve pub server? And why is he owning you. fucking owning me? It was so satisfying when I would, like... Because I I got dominated by O. Quigley and, like, I finally killed him a couple times and got revenge and it was the most satisfying thing yeah. so then i sent a tweet to ocean quigley saying oh were you just playing team fortress 2 and he said oh no that's my 13 year old kid <laughs> <laughs> he's he's <laughs> taken over oh, my oh, he's taken over oh, my steam account oh, and just oh, so, so, oh. so yeah i totally got owned oh, by ocean God. quigley's teenage son that's really good <laughs> yeah i'm not friends with that guy on steam or anything i just saw oh quigley i was like that's <laughs> a really unique username <laughs>
0: That's his Irish cousin, Ocean O'Quigley. Ocean
2: O'Quigley. <laughs> it's good to know that
1: when my uh, video game skills diminish, I can just have a kid to just sort of be my To keep like, up the steam account. Yeah, right. And Brecken. Yes, yes. that, yes. that ended Man, up Nick being- Brickon's still
2: really good at games. <laughs> that, that ended up being a secret game dev server because Ollie and I were playing on it, and oh. then Aaron Ash joined in, um, and Ocean O'Quigley was there, and it was like, we're just all, we all just pressed play payload race right? on the server screen. It ended up on a Valve server. That's so funny. Who are you? Who, who are you? <laughs> or, or if you are me. <laughs> then who am I? I'm Quaid. I'm Detective John Kimball. I'm O'Quigley. I'm, I'm O'Quigley. <laughs> Stop it. If you are you, then who am I?
0: Ages Beyond the Mist. Do you think this is the real Quigley? It is <gasps> not, it is Quigley, it's, 13-year-old it's, child. It's,
2: Tell me <laughs> <you>. <laughs> That's coming out of who the voice of heavy. the heavy.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if that game came out today there's a pretty good chance that arnold probably would be the guy who does a tv ad for it too it's 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 really the tf2 yeah well uh,
0: no was, no like from, he ages beyond oh, from, mist, oh that's yeah. true yeah he would yeah. yes he is totally you a are you yeah a just like, celebrity yeah. who would just weirdly do it yeah, because well, he's self- doing all of this like game of war ads like, and stuff yeah so yeah. like yeah oh he is yeah, oh, oh yeah. Okay. No, he's the new well, he's, yeah, it's exactly who military the kind of person who would be doing that war thing. Yeah, yeah he, he, weirdly, he and Jeff Goldblum are both in that yeah. category now. It's true. That is a category, like they're both in that category of actor, which is weird because they're not in the same any other category of actor. A TV ad where Arnold Schwarzenegger well, actually,
2: shames you for creating a fictional character and a character creator. Why would you do that
0: <laughs> when you are you? <laughs> I guess Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jeff Goldblum actually always have shared a particular acting category, which is they have one shtick, And if you are hiring them to be in a movie, it is because you just want them to just be that for an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just picturing a a commercial where someone is finally crafting an elf. And then Arnold says, stop it.
0: (laughs) Man, if he did, if his commercial appearances consisted only, of quotes from his films that are frequently used in Arnold soundboards. <laughs> Stop it now! Like,
2: you can license his like his his contract. Like you can license Arnold, um, him saying anything you want will cost a lot. But we also offer sound <laughs> soundboard page A, soundboard page B, <laughs> or the complete soundboard package. As sort of a ramp up to him just reading anything. Right? He's really well practiced at saying. These ones where he says he's a police officer and who are you? And then this other page where he can answer questions, yes, no, uh, you know. You know it. it. You can ask and answer questions generally, or he can claim to be any one of these named characters and yeah. tell you commands.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Promote your cybersecurity, uh, like, anti-phishing scheme uh, using who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know. Classic, classic, classic security question. <laughs>
0: yeah. <right>. Constructs.
1: <laughs> what is your favorite car? And who is your daddy? And what do you do?
0: <coughs> God Arnold. Security questions. Who's your daddy? And what does he do? You think this is the real Quaid? <laughs> then, yes. No. Yes. No. <laughs> it is. Who are you? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> <Good>.
2: <laughs> who are you who has two answers i'm a cop you idiot and i am quaid <laughs>
0: <laughs> i am detective john Kimble. I'm, de- oh, I'm detective john kimball god yeah. damn it has three answers yeah
2: twist yeah <laughs>